0: today I want to talk to you about something I'm really passionate about, and that is worship. Yes. <laughs> you know, there's so much that I could say about this topic, but one thing I really feel that God was speaking to me about was the power of our worship in the midst of suffering. You know, the Bible tells us that in this world, we will have much trouble. So that means pain will come, suffering will come, And none of us are immune to this. That's why it's important for us as followers of Jesus to know how to navigate those difficult seasons of life when they come. And worship is one of the ways that we can do that. Together, we'll be looking at a story which I'm sure many of us are familiar with, and that is of Paul and Silas in prison. But before we begin, let me set the scene for you. Paul and Silas have been going around, preaching the gospel, performing many miracles, and in Acts 16, they encounter a slave girl who has a spirit that enabled her to tell fortunes, and the slave owners were making an incredible profit off of this. So when Paul commands the spirit to leave this girl, the owners were furious, and in verse 19 to 24, it says this, and the magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten with rods. After they'd been severely flogged, they were thrown into prison, and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. When he received these orders, he put them in the inner cell and fastened their feet in the stocks. So Paul and Silas are in a really bad situation here. They've just been punished for doing something good. I mean, can you imagine yourself in their shoes, stripped, beaten, and in chains, bruised, bleeding, and in pain? Maybe you're here today, and you may not have been stripped of your clothes, but you've been stripped of your confidence or faith in God, and you're trying everything you can to find it or to hold on to it but you're still being weighed down by your doubts. Maybe you aren't in a physical prison, but you feel stuck in a prison of anxiety or worry because of your health or bills, your job, marriage or kids. Even the people around you may not even know how close you are to breaking point and you just can't see a way out. If that's you, I want to encourage you, don't give up. I know it's hard, but there's a way for you to navigate what you're going through, and that is worship. You see, worship is powerful, not just when things are good. It is powerful even in the darkest moments of our life. And today, I want to share with you three ways in which worship has power in times of struggle or suffering. Firstly, worship shifts our focus. It takes our eyes off of ourselves and our situation, and it puts them back onto God, who is ultimately in control of our circumstances. In fact, the book of Psalms is full of songs and poems that remind us of who God is and help us to fix our eyes on him in the midst of our struggles. Psalms 121 is one example of this. It says, I lift my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. In verse 5, it says, The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going both now and forevermore. You know, sometimes it can feel as though God is a million miles away. But He's always with us, whether we feel Him or we don't. And He promises never to leave us or forsake us. That's why I love this psalm, because it encourages us to lift our eyes and remember that God is with us. He is our helper, our protector, and our keeper. Going back to our passage, Paul and Silas are now in prison, and after what had happened to them, they had every right to grumble or complain. They could have looked at their situation and given up on preaching the gospel, but they did something totally unexpected. In verse 25, it says, about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. So instead of focusing on their terrible situation, they decided to fix their eyes on God in worship. Now, this can be a bit challenging for some of us, because often when we're struggling, all we can see is our problems. All we can see is our pain and our disappointment, our anxiety or worry, our failure or lack. And if we're not careful, our problems will become so prevalent in our thinking and in our vision that it will obstruct our view of God. And when that happens, we can find ourselves grumbling or complaining or even questioning his character. Has that ever happened to you? Where you were so focused on your problems and they became so great that it blocked your ability to see the goodness or the faithfulness of God. And you found yourself doubting if he is with you, if he sees you, or even cares about what you're going through. If I'm being honest, I have been there too. About six years ago, within the space of two to three months, my uncle passed away. Our house almost burnt down, and my sister was in a pretty bad car accident. At the time, I felt like it was just one hit after the other, and I remember feeling anxious all the time with all sorts of questions running through my mind. Like, God, where are you? How could you let this happen? And it was a struggle for me to trust him or to believe that he was good because I was so focused on everything that was bad about my situation instead of focusing on him. Now, I'm not saying that we are to deny or minimize our problems because they are real, And it is hard. But I am saying that we can choose not to let them block or distort our view of God. We can choose instead to lift our eyes in worship and view our situation through the lens of his goodness and his faithfulness. And as we do that, our perspective will change. In fact, that's what happened for me during those three months, as I fixed my eyes in worship to God, I began to see how He was working for our good in the bad situations. In our grief, He was our source of pain. In the accident, my sister was unharmed. And miraculously, the fire in our house had contained itself to one room and it had put itself out before the firemen had arrived. Isn't that amazing? Yes, it is amazing. You know, God is good, and he is in control of our circumstances. All we need to do is keep our eyes fixed on him. So today, where is your focus? Is it on God or your current situation? So that's the first thing. Worship shifts our focus. Secondly, worship invites God's power into our situation. In verse 25, it says, about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, there was a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And at once, all the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains came loose. You see, worship changes things. It invites God's presence and his power into our situation. I remember a time when I was walking to church. And as I was praying, I had a sense that God wanted to heal some people during the worship. But I had no idea what that would look like or when that would happen. And during the song Forever, I felt the Holy Spirit prompt me to sing a prophetic song of healing over the congregation. And later that week, there were people who shared that they had received physical healing during the worship. For example, a couple of people had been healed of back pain, which was amazing. You know, there's no guarantee that every time we worship God, all our problems will instantly be resolved. But it can at times change our situation. And doors we thought would never open, suddenly open up. Mountains we thought would never move, suddenly do. And chains we thought would never fall off, drop to the ground. And we find freedom, not just for ourselves, but others find freedom too. I know it can be tough when we're waiting on God to do something, but he hasn't. They are prayers I've been waiting years for him to answer, and this process has at times been really painful. But let us not lose heart, because even if our situation doesn't change, we can change our focus, and we can change our response. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16 to 18, it says, Rejoice Always. Pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. So when are we to rejoice? Always. How often are we to pray? Continually. And when are we to give thanks? In all circumstances, because that is God's will for us. You know, Paul and Silas are a great example of this. They didn't wait to worship God until he had delivered them out of prison. They chose to worship him in the middle of their pain, even when it didn't make sense or seem fair, because God was still worthy of their worship, even in their suffering. And he was worthy of their worship, whether he delivered them or not. I don't know what you're going through right now, but I want to encourage you to make the decision today to worship God whether you feel him or not. Worship him in the waiting and in the middle of your pain. Worship him when it doesn't make sense or seem fair. And worship him whether your situation changes or it doesn't, because God is worthy of our worship, no matter what our circumstances are. So not only does worship shift our focus, it invites God's power and it is a witness to others. Whilst Paul and Silas were worshipping God, other prisoners were listening. They must have been thinking, who are these men? Who are they singing to? What are they singing about? And soon, they found out. You see, people are always watching and listening to see how we navigate or respond in times of suffering. So when they hear us worshipping God instead of grumbling or complaining, that is when our worship can be a witness. I've seen it for myself. I've seen people in this room worshipping God through incredibly difficult situations. People who are going through a divorce. People who have lost a parent or a child. And their worship has been an incredible witness to me of their faith as I've watched them declaring God's goodness in their pain and grief. Justin Miller says this, When we're not where we want to be, but we worship anyway, that's when people notice. That's when people listen. That's when the city on the hill gets seen. When we start worshiping at the worst of times, that's when that salt gets salty and that light starts to get brighter. And we see that here with Paul and Silas. Although what happened to them was awful, Their worship was a witness to others and it served to advance the gospel. In verse 27, it says, "'The jailer woke up, "'and when he saw the prison doors open, "'he drew his sword and was about to kill himself "'because he thought the prisoners had escaped. "'But Paul shouted, "'Don't harm yourself, we're all here. "'The jailer called for lights,' "'Rushed in and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. "'He then brought them out and asked, "'Sirs, what must I do to be saved?' "'They replied, "'Believe in the Lord Jesus "'and you will be saved, you and your household.' "'Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him "'and to all the others in his house. "'At that hour of the night, "'the jailer took them and washed their wounds.' Then immediately he and all his household were baptized. The jailer brought them into his house and set a meal before them. He was filled with joy because he had come to believe in God, he and his whole household. You know, sometimes what we're going through isn't just about us. God wants to use us right where we're at, to minister to others, even in our suffering but have we ever considered that have we ever thought about the impact that our worship can have on others when we choose to worship God in our suffering because if we're open to it god can use us to be a witness to others in our worship and to point them to a life to life and hope and faith in him so that's the power of worship It shifts our focus back onto God in times of suffering. And it reminds us who he is. Worship invites God's power into our situation. And as we worship him, not only do things change, but God uses us to be a witness to those around us. So we're going to take some time to put this into practice. I'm going to invite the band to come up. Why don't we all stand? Hmm. Wherever you're at today, I want to encourage you to lift your eyes to God. Sing a song of praise to him. Even if you aren't a good singer, that doesn't matter. Together, let's lift our voices and invite his presence and his power to come and meet us right where we're at. So I'm just going to pray. Father, Jesus, Holy Spirit, would you come now and inhabit our praises? In this moment we choose to lift our eyes and to lift our song of praise to you. We choose to remember that you are good, that you are faithful, that you are kind, that you are compassionate, that you are merciful. And Lord, as we worship you this morning, would you come and change our perspective? Would you change our hearts? Would you move in power and change our situation? But even if you don't, you're still worthy of our worship. So come, Lord Jesus. Receive our offering of praise, our sacrifice of praise. And I pray that it would be a pleasing offering unto you.